This is not a normal Sunday. I take you to, if you will, I know you've been standing. I take you to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, please. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And while I would like to use the first 20 verses, I will not read all 20 of them. But I invite you to keep your Bibles open to it. This is the occasion in 1 Chronicles 29 of an offering, if you will. If Brother William, if you'll get me some water, please. That's normally here, but I don't see it if you don't mind. First uh, Chronicles 29, the occasion of an offering for the temple of God. It is the occasion whereby David, the king, upon the ending of his tenure as king for 40 years says to himself by the leading of the Spirit of God as long as I've been king and before me the ark of the covenant of God which represents the presence of God in the midst of the people which houses the ten commandments of God has been dwelling in a tent and here God has made me king and I've reigned for almost 40 years And I have more than one palace. I have thousands of soldiers. Thousands of servants. Numerous horses and chariots. And I am a blessed man. And it's time for me to build the house of God. God said to David, What you desire is a good thing, but you won't be the man to build it because you have been a man of war. And bloodshed. But since you desire this good thing to build me a house, I will let you take up the offering for the building of the house and let your son Solomon be the chief constructor of the temple. Verse 9 says that the people rejoiced. After the offering was received, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced greatly. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. Somebody say amen. Because if that's true then, it's true now. For all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Oh, hallelujah. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. Oh, it gets better. 
because David doesn't forget where they came from. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and without hope. O oh Lord our God, all this abundance, talking about the offering, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Stretch your hands in my direction so I can be a blessing to you and we can be a blessing to each other. Would you offer a prayer for me now and for this moment of miracle? Father, I thank you today for the presence of God. I thank you for the people of God. And I thank you for the word of God. And so, God, I just pray that that nothing would encumber your word. Amen, church. I pray that nothing would distract us. God, for years I have waited for this Sunday. For hours and minutes and seconds I I have sometimes fearfully waited for this. But I don't come in fear today. I come in faith. I come like the choir has prepared me. Nothing is impossible with you. And God, if there's anything about this preaching that's about my agenda and my ego, I crucify it. And I ask you to crucify it. If there's anything about anybody else's ego and their agenda, I ask you to crucify it. Because in you we live and breathe and have our being. We we didn't make the oxygen we breathe. You gave it to us. We didn't create the seeing in our eyes and the hearing in our ears and the talking in our mouth. Somebody help me here. We didn't create the beating in our hearts and the dexterity of our fingers. You, oh God, you are the one who gave us all these things. If it was up to the devil, we'd be dead. But because of Jesus, we have life and that life everlasting. Put your hands together and say praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord again. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, church, as you are seated. To Him be the glory and the honor. And we bless His name. <laughs> I must confess, being not being a frequent flyer and having been seven hours ahead, whatever time it is now, it's seven hours ahead from where I came from. And I went to bed at about 9 o'clock on Friday evening and got up about 4 o'clock on Saturday morning. And didn't know what to do with myself. I was wide awake. But I didn't know what to do. I spent some time with the Lord and then did some other things. Came to pray here on yesterday morning at 7. This morning I got up at 4 o'clock again. And the dogs thought it was time for them to get up. And so they did. And we went and had a walk outside. 4 o'clock in the morning. A little bit after that. And so I got a little jet lag. If I fall asleep during this sermon, wake me up. And I would like to finish it because I really believe it's from God. There are three things I want to attach to this day. Commitment, miracle, and anniversary. On last Thursday, marked the 26th year that God in 1985 allowed me and Valerie to come to what was then Peachtree City Church of God. 26 years of trying to walk in His will, and I will be eternally grateful for His trust 
And it's good on this occasion of the 26th anniversary of my and my wife's service here to talk to you about such a time as this. If you're a guest today, we certainly welcome you here and we're glad that you have chosen to worship with us. But this perhaps would be the most important day in the history of this great church. This is not a normal worship service, and this hasn't been a normal year. I have been preaching to you and sharing with you on the vision and the opportunity that God has placed before us. You see, this is not a normal church. (laughs) And if you're the first time here and you think it is, hang around a little bit here. Not a normal church. God has called us to be involved in the extraordinary. We are ordinary people with an extraordinary God. And as you already know, most of you, we are involved in a building program called Rise Up and Build. I have shared the vision and the opportunity with you along with the help of some very capable people for whom I'll always be grateful and whom I'll recognize later on. We have used numbers of means to convey to you what God wants done here. We have published a prayer guide, and I have given it to you. I've given you one actually two years ago, soon to be three years. Then I give you a revision of one. One like this I took with me to every place I went to in Africa. My prayer guide. We published for you a 12-page color brochure. I took that along with me too. To pray and to believe. We have made this vision campaign, campaign vision packet available to you. They are available there. It has all these things I mentioned. We have published for you a DVD animation for every family like you saw at the start of the service, a virtual tour of our project. We have conducted nine group fellowship meetings in an effort to host the entire congregation and communicate the vision. For months now, we have displayed renditions on a a wall in between these two buildings that's called the... Rise up and build wall, vision wall. I have preached to you a series of sermons on this theme, rise up and build. And all of this have been seasoned in and saturated with the power of prayer. Prayer, which culminated yesterday in a 12-hour prayer vigil. I was happy to be involved in the first hour and a half of that yesterday. And blessed to be involved in the last hour and a half of those 12 hours. And thank God because nothing we ever do in the kingdom or in our personal lives should go without first being seasoned with prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And so today we have a chance to see if we are willing to pay for the vision. In just a few minutes we're going to have a special offering to give towards this vision. If you need an envelope, there's one in the pew rack in front of you. I've asked you to bring your commitment cards, but in a few minutes, if you don't have one, I'll be glad to provide one for you. If, if you uh, receive a commitment card and you don't feel led of the Lord to give, 
If he doesn't speak to your heart, you don't have to. Just put the card back, empty in the basket, and that'll be fine. If, however, he does speak to your heart, and I know he has. If you've already given, and you have a commitment card, just write on the card, already turned in my card, and we will know that you have, having put your name on it. Because now is the time for us to say, God, we believe you, and we trust you, but we know you have called us. To aid and assist in your kingdom. I want, I want you to know my motive here this morning. I don't want to take a lot of time about this. But I want you to know how the Lord has led me in my approach for receiving this offering. I want to offer wonderful people of God fantastic opportunities to invest in the kingdom if the Lord leads you. That's my motive this morning. I'm going to say it again because it's very pure and it's very transparent. I want to offer wonderful people of God fantastic opportunities to invest in His kingdom if God leads you. Some of you might be wondering today about this offering. You think, what biblical basis do we have for doing such a thing as this? One of the most informative, instructional, and inspirational passages in all the Bible is found in our text, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. As I've informed you moments ago, and to elaborate now, David and his people were confronted with a challenge similar to the one facing our church today. The time had come to build the temple of God in the city of David, known as Jerusalem, the city of God. It would be the physical edifice, the temple of God, where God would meet with His people and His people would meet with Him. After years of bondage in Egypt and all the years of wandering in the wilderness and Years of war in order to take the promised land. It was now time to build the house of God, the temple of God. And the Bible says David seized the opportunity to raise the money for the building of this magnificent temple where God would meet with his people. I somehow believe that David knew that his whole life had been meant For this one special occasion. Oh, hallelujah. What if you knew, church, that your whole life had been meant for one special occasion? What if you knew that all your life God had prepared you to give and to prepare others to serve Him for such a time as this? It was easy for David to lead his people in giving in this offering because it was an opportunity of his lifetime and because God's hand was upon David for doing what God had called him. In the prior verses to our text, those would be verses 3 through 8, we read about this offering. And when I read about it, I have studied a little bit on it and I have come to understand That in today's currency valuation in dollars, when we calculate all that the children of Israel gave in that offering to the temple, their combined giving 
was approximately $18 billion. With a B, billion. And I thought, Lord, how is that? So I went to the New Living Translation, and this is how, this is how it interprets in our understanding. Instead of talents and derricks, as the currency was then, in, in verse number 4, David personally said, I am donating more than 112 tons of gold, tons, metric tons. He says, I'm donating over 262 tons of refined silver. And then in verses 6 and following, the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals and the captains of the army, they followed David's example in giving. And it says in verse 7, for the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold. 10,000 gold coins. Are you with me? 375 tons of silver. 675 tons of bronze. And 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones. Now you can see why it came up to about $18 billion. And the question we might ask is, how did they raise such a vast sum of money for the temple? And how can we as a family of faith raise what we need for the temple of God? Now, we don't need $18 billion. Our project, including our present debt, will probably cost about $8 million. And I'm hoping that we can raise by way of our giving about $1.5 to $2 million and borrow the rest. But the more we raise, the less we have to borrow. Can I get an amen? amen. But I'm thinking, oh, help me, Lord Jesus. I'm going to break loose here in a minute. I'm reading my Bible. I was on 17 different takeoff and flights, I'm telling you. And I'm reading my Bible. If a man's ever gotten close to God, I got close to God in them airplanes, brother. But I, I'm reading my Bible, and I'm reading in Second Chronicles when the temple was being built. And when you get a chance, you ought to read that sometime, about the first six or seven chapters, when Solomon now takes the mandate of his father, David. David said, Solomon, God won't let me build this, but I'm going to die and go on. But I provided all the gold you're going to need, all the silver you're going to need, all the bronze you're going to need, all the fabric you're going to need. I provided all the everything you're going to need. You just have to build and trust God. And, and I read through there how Solomon took all these precious metals and began to build the house of God. And, and I thought to myself, oh God, if you could do that for Solomon, if you could bless your servant like that, and since you are no respecter of any persons or people as long as they love you, if you'll do it thousands of years ago, I believe you are the same God. And like you sang, nothing is impossible with God. So I want to prepare you for this offering by giving you six principles of victory that I want us to follow today. I don't have time to expand on all six of them, but I want you to see it enough for you to understand what this offering is all about this morning. Let's consider, if you will, number one, the occasion of our giving. In the text, First Chronicles 29 and 1, the Bible says the temple is not for man, but for the Lord. I like the way the New Living Translation says it. It says, the temple is not for mere mortals. Oh, help me, Jesus. 
but for the Lord God Himself. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, we ask ourselves the question, at least I do, was building this temple something that David thought about on his own? No, brothers and sisters. It was God-caused. God's idea. How many of you know in our natural human setting and our own way of thinking in the flesh, we don't always come up with the best thoughts? <laughs> Y'all help me preach. I'll, you know, I'll do it all by myself. Yeah. Uh, most of us know that big ideas like that that's going to cost us something and, 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 and uh, threaten our comfort zone usually don't come from us. It was God's idea. God had the vision for the temple and He shared it with David and He gave David all the details of how it's going to be built. And David said, this is not a simple task. Matter of fact, verse 1 tells us, and you might look there, it's not going to be on the screen, but verse 1 says that, that God spoke through David and He said to the assembly of the people, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is what? The work is great. David says, God's given me this idea. Put this desire in my heart to build him a house. And the work is enormous. People back then and people now, I believe, want to be a part of something that is great for God. Oh, yeah. And, and this campaign of ours, Rise Up and Build is a task that is great for us. But even better, it's great for God. Now, I have a few questions I want to ask you so that you ponder. You don't answer it out loud. You just ponder it with me. Do you think that what God is doing at South Metro Ministry is important? Do you think that what God is doing in this house and in this church every week is a great work? And do you realize that it's for God and not for man? You can say amen there. And I ask you all that to tell you that God has brought about the need that we have here at South Metro Ministry. He is the one that has caused our church to grow. He is the one that sent you and your sons and your daughters and your moms and your dad and your friends and your neighbors. He is the one that created the need among us for new buildings. Now, I want you to understand, I'm talking about the occasion of our giving now. It wasn't our idea to build new buildings, it was God's idea. Matter of fact, we have done everything in our power to keep reaching people for Christ without building more buildings. I'm telling you. I'm telling you that we have had multiple services. We have two on Sunday morning, now we used to have three. We have maxed out our parking. We have maxed out our children and youth ministry area. We have maxed out our choir suite. We have maxed out this sanctuary. And so I'm telling you all that's for you to understand that, that we are at a point of need now. And how can we take all these blessings and just sit on them and say, this is enough? How can we say to God, well, let the other people go to hell, but we are just going to stay right here and be comfortable? I don't think anybody wants to say that. I think everybody wants to say, stretch us, God, and use me. Oh, that's the occasion. I, I want to talk a minute about the order of our giving. The Bible makes it clear that when David asked for the offering that day, 
He clearly laid out an order in which the people were to give, and he was very specific. David says to the people, and, and, and we'll look at it uh, in more detail perhaps at another time, but let me just let me hit on it now. David said, I'm going to give first because I'm your leader. And not only am I going to give first, but not because I'm a leader, but because of my love for God and what he's done for me. Oh, I feel a hallelujah coming on. <laughs> look, look in your Bibles, please. We've we got a Bible study going on here. Verse 3. Are you at verse 3? Moreover, David said, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. My own special treasure of gold and silver. Oh, now pause with me. David said, I'm your king. I'm your leader. I'm in charge. God has helped me and he's put me in this position. I'm not worthy of it. And out of the wealth of my kingdom... I am giving to the Lord. But you know what, David said? I, not only that, but because of how good God's been to me. I have set my affection. I love the Lord. I'm the man that committed adultery and God forgave him. Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm the man that stole another, man, uh, 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 another man's wife and I murdered the man in deception and caused a baby and God... Oh, what? My, 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 my. Anybody ever been forgiven by God more than once? Put your hands together and thank Anybody ever been healed? Anybody ever had your bills paid? Any God ever protected anybody? God ever woke you up in the morning and blessed you on your way? Uh, I'm telling you. Uh, oh, help me, Lord Jesus. And so he said, I'm going to give first. Then the leaders, look, look in your Bibles. Look at verse number 5, the last part of it, the last sentence. Who then, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? David's saying, God's been so good to me and he's been good to all of yons. So which of the others of you are going to come on board and say thank you, Jesus? And the leaders came on board. And after the David gave and the leaders gave, oh, help me, Lord Jesus. Look at verse 9. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and the king also rejoiced greatly. The people then gave. I told you two Sundays ago that the leadership of South Metro Ministries, they were invited to give two weeks before today. And I told you then, and, and uh, I'll remind you that they have given to this point over $350,000 to rise up and build. You ought to put your hands together. That's, you, you ought to thank God for leadership and people who just like you, they have bills and they have needs, but they're saying, I believe in this work. And so I'm saying to King David, here's what King David could have said. I give my time as king. I serve as king and I give hours and time. And that's my offering to the Lord. You know, you know God help me. I'm going to go back to Africa one day, but I don't want to preach so to make you mad that you wish I stayed longer or go back. You know, there are all kinds of ways that people come up with the weasel out of doing what God says to do. Well, I give my time to the, not the choir, give my time as an usher. 
I give my time to the youth ministry. I went to the nursing home. And I, and all, all, the Bible says you give of the Lord of your resources and do that too. And David could have said, I'm king, I'm the man, I serve all these people, and that's my offering. But no, you know what? He said, I'm going to give out of my personal resources. And here's something else. David didn't tell anybody else what to give. Can I, get a, can I witness here, somebody? David just said, God's been so good to me, and, and because he's been good to me as king, he's been good to this whole kingdom. And I'm not going to tell you what to give, but I'm going to challenge you to follow my lead. Can I get a witness, somebody? Now, now, please understand, I'm not here to make anybody uncomfortable. I'm not going to tell any of you what to give this morning because it's different with everybody. And God is the one that's going to have to tell you to do that. Can I get an amen? amen. I don't know how God has blessed you. I don't know what kind of steward you've been over the things God has blessed you with. I don't know how good God has been to you. I know all of those things about myself, but I don't know that about you. You know how good God's been. You know what God has done. You know where He's brought you from. And your offering today should be a reflection of how good God has been in our lives. Here's a third of six thoughts. Number three, please. The origin of our giving. Verse 14 says, For all things come from you. And of your own we have given you. As you think about what God has asked you to do in this offering today on Commitment Sunday, you might be tempted to think like I have thought. How can I possibly give what you've impressed upon my heart to give, Lord? And it's okay to do that. Maybe you're thinking, what is the origin of my giving? Uh... I want to give this amount. You spoke to my heart. I know it's right, but where is it going to come from? Oh, help me, Jesus. So some people look into their bank accounts, and that's, that's good. And say, well, maybe I can take some out. That'll be okay. Because it's given to us by God. And given the discipline to save. Some people may have stocks, and they may look into that. Some people may have CDs or other kinds, and consider that. But let me tell you, do what David did first. David looked to God. He said, I, I know where it'll come from. It'll come from God. Because I was just a little shepherd boy, 15 years old, and had a bunch of other brothers, older, taller, and more capable than I am, when Samuel the prophet went looking for the next king of... Ooh, I'm coming down amongst you. Little shepherd boy, freckle-faced little shepherd boy. I just knew how to play a harp and, and I, could sh- I could sling a slingshot with great accuracy. And I just minded my father's sheep when out of nowhere in obscurity, God sends a prophet by my father's house. He takes a horn of oil, anoints my head, and tells me I'm going to be the next king of Israel. And for 40 years, God has exalted me. Everything I have comes from God. So if I need resources to build his house, It'll come from God. Give the Lord a hand clap, somebody. Oh, I think about the song. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. 
I wish my wife was here to hear me preach. Listen to me. Here's the key. We are not to give from our limited resources. We are to give from His unlimited resources. You see, here's my little understanding of this. And if I'm too simple, please forgive me. Everything we have comes from God. So don't you think that if you commit to give to God, to rise up and build, that He will provide for you in order for you to give it? That, then that makes sense. Now let me teach a little bit here. Making this commitment to rise up and build means that we give by faith. But when I say by faith, that doesn't mean that we pull some number out of the sky and write it down on a card and say, well, I'll give that by faith. If you ain't been giving $10 to God a week and you want to give 100 by faith, that's foolishness. That ain't faith. <laughs> when I talk about faith, I'm talking about you first ask God. You all with me? God. You have sent me to South Metro Ministries for such a time as this. You didn't send me to be a pew warmer. And you didn't send me to just be a receiver, a receiver without giving out something. Can I? Somebody made a pew available for me to seat. Somebody made a building available for me to come. Somebody made a place available for my children to learn and grow. Somebody made it available for, for the benevolence ministry to bless my family. And so God, I, I want to be a part of this. You first pray. Then God impresses a number in your head. Okay, that's the faith process. Then you begin to say, well God, how can can I do this? Knowing my resources, knowing my bills, knowing my obligation. If you're married, you sit down with your husband or your wife and you talk about it. You say, what can we do? How can we sacrifice a little bit more? And God is stretching us. What can we do with God's leading and God's ability to make it happen? So this is what might happen in this faith giving. You may choose to postpone a large purchase for a season. And instead of taking the money that you were going to make monthly payments on that purchase, you say, God, for a year or three years, by faith, I was going to do it there, but I'm going to do it to the house of God. You may choose to take your sack lunch to work instead of going out to eat with your friends every day and racking up about 60 bucks a week. You may choose to do what Harry Peden said in his testimony on this group fellowship. Instead of making it biggie fries, you might want to make it small fries and take... Oh, I feel a dancing coming on. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you, may, you may want to reduce your Christmas giving because you're giving to some people you don't like anyhow. So you may want to reduce some Christmas and vacation spending. Can I get an amen? Instead of going down yonder and spending thousands of dollars, get you a tent and get you some firewood and a lantern from Coleman and have a little camping in your backyard for the glory of God. You know what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that if you want to buy you a boat, you're going to come up with a way to buy it. If you want to buy you some furniture, some jewelry, if you want to buy you a big screen TV, I'm a preaching little Indian. Yeah, yeah. If you want to buy you that purse and you want to buy you that outfit, you want to buy you them golf clubs, you want to buy that new car, you come up away with a way to get some money to make it happen. And so I'm here to tell you, if you want to help the house of God and you have a heart and a love for God to build His church, don't you know if you want to, God wants you to and He'll help you? Somebody ought to give the Lord some thanks. Since this project has begun, I have got watches. I have got a necklace. I have got rings. 
I mean, whatever the Lord tells you, you may want to, you, you may have to auction a car or a boat or an RV, something sitting in your, in your garage that you had to have so bad, and now dust is all over it. Sell it for the glory of God and rise up and build. This is tax season. You may want to give a portion of that for the kingdom. A lady said to me yesterday, and I asked permission to tell this without giving name. Her job is going to take her to another state. She's going to be nearer to her family, but her job is going to take her, move her away from this church to another state. And she is going to be reduced in annual salary by $20,000 a year. She said, but you know what, Pastor? The house I bought in the next state I'm moving to, I got it for $20,000 less than it was listed. She said, I filled out my tax forms and she was a caregiver for one of her elderly family members and completed that also in the process of that estate and what's involved there. And she said, and I was surprised. I, I get that from her. I'm not saying it verbatim. I'm just saying it as I recall it. I'm getting back a significant amount in taxes. And she said, the Lord had impressed this number on my mind to give, and I didn't know how I was going to do it. And the amount I'm getting back in taxes will cover this number, etc. She said, the Lord has laid upon my heart to give $10,000 to rise up and build. And I'm going to do it because God laid it on my mind. He made the way. Oh, help me, Jesus. Yeah, you, you ought to praise him. Oh, blessed Jesus. Two, three more thoughts very quickly. The object of our giving. In verse 17, David in this praise to God says, God, your people who are present here to offer you willingly, to offer willingly to you. The object of our giving. When you give today, you won't be giving to Pastor Matura. When you give today, you will not be giving to the church. When you give today, you will not be giving even to the building program. You will be giving to God. I said God is the object of our offering. God. It moves me hastily to the objective of our giving, which is verse 9. And it says, then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly. Can I get another amen? I think that the reason why they raised in today's currency for the building of the temple almost $18 billion was because David had prayed that everybody will be involved. And the Bible says that the people rejoiced, that the people gave. My objective this morning... In my prayer and preparation for this service. Is that everyone will take advantage of the opportunity to give today. No gift is too small. Did you hear me? I said no gift is too small. If it's a one time. You know, 
if, and we've done the numbers all kinds of ways, and I have business people in this church who are praying for me right now, who has done the numbers with me, and I've done some of these numbers on the airplane, and I said if 200 people give $10 a week, if 200 people give $20 a week, if 100 people give $50 a week, and, and I went on with those numbers, and you have on the commitment card what, that, what those reflect, we could, we could raise this kind of funds. If, I'm saying to you that if $10 a week, sometimes we just waste that in a bad meal. Sometimes we just waste that in a bad experience. You, 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 you just rent a movie, for goodness sakes. And, and look, if you want to see a movie, rent a movie. And you'll save about 50 bucks if you take your family. Because the popcorn is more expensive. The chocolate's more expensive. And the Coke is more expensive. And sometimes the environment's terrible. You can, it, it, it's not so hard to give if we think about ways. One dollar a day. Ten dollars a week. Twenty dollars a week. And if you don't have it that week, you don't give it to God. My point is... When you fill this commitment card, you are not signing a legal binding contract and we're going to come hunt you down and find you wherever you are hiding in a hole in Hawaii. Everybody. I want everybody to give something. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. The outcome of our giving. The Bible said God got all the glory. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness. The power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. Somebody say amen. Amen. They got $18 billion in their currency. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. O Lord, you are exalted as head over all. Wow. When we finish this sanctuary we're going to build, when we finish this youth center we're going to build, when we renovate this facility, when we add more parking, when we add an office suite, when we, when we do all that we're going to do here in the months and months to come, we're going to have a song that says, Look what the Lord has done. Hmm. I want to tell you that the devil has, in this campaign, taken occasion to play with my mind and to put fear sometimes in my mind. And sometimes he was a little more successful than I would like to admit. But I want to tell you coming back from Africa and seeking God while I was away and then coming to prayer yesterday. If I have any fear, I can't find it. And I ain't going to look for it. This church is going forward. I want the ushers to come, please, if you will, and I want them to walk up another aisle. And if you don't have a commitment card and you'd like one, I'd like you to signal them and let them give you one. There are envelopes in the, in the pew rack. There are rise up and bill envelopes. And if those are used up, take a regular weekly envelope and just put building fund. Put first, this is first fruit offering. As they move among you. Take the commitment card. Look at it. 
If you're giving a one-time gift, put your name on there, put one-time gift. If you'd like to give something weekly. You know, I've discovered that you can give more over an extended period of time. That sometimes you can give all at one time. But for some people, it may mean that one time might be as good as you can do. And that's okay. Please hear me when I tell you now. I, I know that there are people sitting here on fixed incomes. I know there are people sitting here and will be in the next service who have less pay per hour or their salary packet than they did last year because of the economy. I know that. I know that there are people who owe on their house, on their car, credit cards. I know people here have kids in college or in high school. I know all that. I know about the economy. I know about unemployment. And I told God all about that. And I asked the Lord, God, do you still want me to go ahead here knowing what I know? And God says, do you remember when I brought out former slaves from Egypt and brought them into, tab- into, the, into the wilderness and told them to build a tabernacle? And before they left Egypt, I caused Egypt to want them to leave so bad until Egypt gave them their gold and their silver and everything. And they built me a tabernacle so until Moses had to say, quit taking up offerings, we got enough. Oh, blessed be. You can't outgive God. I said you can't outgive God. Before I went to Africa, a pastor came to see me. And he attends the Pentecostal Theological Seminary in Cleveland, Tennessee. As a student, he's finishing up his requirements for a Master of Divinity program. One of the course requirements was that he would interview pastor of my longevity and service and experience so he came to interview me and I've known him for years asked him about the church and the church that he's pastoring and his wife is not able to support them they don't get any salary or income he recently gave up his job because the employers told him he was too spiritual and on this, uh, on, on the uh, phone, recorded phone things that they listen to, you know, when you call a business, sometimes they said this call may be recorded for purposes, etc. And they heard him mention God, that he was a pastor two or three times on different phone calls, and they said, you keep that up and you'll have to leave. And he wasn't being cocky and arrogant, but he says, if I can't talk about my Lord, I'm going to go ahead and turn in my resignation. The Lord impressed me to give him $100 from my billfold, just, just to give him $100, and I, I did. Two days later, the battery in my car died. One for Sammy Bird following me, or, fo- or going the same direction I was going, and stopped at the gas station up here, and he stopped. I stopped and he stopped. After service one night, one of our group meetings, one for him, I had to call Valerie at about 9.30 or 15 to 10 because it died. Did it die, Sammy? a man of God. I went over there to Roger's place of work, Crossroads, and I bought a battery, about about a hundred bucks, because I told Roger I wanted the best. That's Roger. He combs his hair like a gentleman does. And Roger, when I pulled out of the, the place of your business, you know what the devil said? If you hadn't given that hundred bucks, you'd have had a hundred bucks for the battery. 
I said, shut up, devil. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got home Friday, came to the office Friday, Saturday morning, and there was an expression for my wife and I from an unexpected source of love for us that was five times more the cost of the battery. Before I landed in the U.S. of A., I knew what I wanted to give in my first fruits offering. And because God has taken such care of me while I was away and because of your prayer, the Holy Ghost said, double it. And that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm doubling it. If I lose everything today, I'd get it back from the same source. Come, ushers. Come, come, ushers. Come, come. I want to pray over your gifts. Get it in your hands. Give your tithe and offerings, your regular tithe and offerings. I want you to get your gifts in your hands. Oh, blessed Jesus. Choir, I know you're going to sing, so go ahead and stand. You remain seated. Choir, you're going to stand. And I'll have you in a moment. Bow your heads, please. And I want Father, I choose not to exploit, and I hope I haven't. I just choose to be visionary. And I ask to bless my brothers and sisters today. I am not here to examine their amount. I'm not here to put a 10 on their head or a 0 on their head. I'm not here to tell them what to give. I'm here to pray that we will all be obedient. Oh God, in Jesus' name, after all you've done for us, we want to say thank you, Jesus. And, oh, God, I I thank you today because of people like this, we have a house like this. And because of people like this, we are ministering in this community and around the world this morning. And, God, I pray that you would continue to open up the windows of heaven. Would you lift both your hands, including your offerings? Would you lift it up to the Lord? Just just lift it up like you're kind of getting ready to hand it up to Him. Lift it up up to the Lord. Regardless of what you have, you don't have nothing in your hand. Just, just, Just lift it up anyhow. Come on, lift it up and lift up your praises. Praise Him with me. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Him out loud. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for giving me salvation free and full. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, God, that I'm in the kingdom and I'm not on my way to hell. Somebody praise Him. Thank you, God, that the devil would have kept me in jail, but you took me out. Thank you, God, that drugs and alcohol and other vices was going to kill me, but you delivered me. Thank you that you brought me out of surgery. Thank you for the job I have. Somebody ought to help me. Thank you for the car I drive. I may not make the most money in the world, but I got groceries on my table. I got a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back and shoes on my feet. And I'm on my way to thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that what the devil meant for evil, God turned around and made it good. And I'm not going to sit here and take all these blessings without saying, here's some more, God. Here's my seed. Here's my first fruit. And I thank you for the privilege to give. Praise you, Lord. Everybody stand up now in Jesus' name. Sing choir and give for the glory of God. One moment you have brought 
Please stop me. I got to tell you this. I got to. I know I... Oh, man. You, you know what happens is... You know what the devil does about giving like this? He says to you, what if? What if I commit to three years? What if I give an offering? And what if I lose my job? What if I get laid off? What if something tears up and I got to fix it? What if this, the, the stock market declines? What if, what if, what if... And what I've chosen to believe is, is not what if, but I've chosen to, to say, but God. But God. But God. But God. But God. Hey, uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, I read the story this week about a beggar in India, some, some years ago, a beggar, who was uh, an invalid and would sit in the marketplace alongside the main street and would hold out his little cup and thus try to have a means of living. Folks would come by and drop a few grains of rice in his bowl and having accumulated enough rice at the end of the day he would have a meal and in one particular sometimes they would even drop a coin on his other hand and that's how he lived one particular day he heard a, a, a loud noise down the road and he saw an entourage of people and uh, he knew that this must be a person of significance and as the crowd got closer to him and he saw the entourage he noticed it was one of the prince one of the prince one of the royalty family members of the province in which he lived and he thought to himself ah oh 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 I've got to be vocal and I've got to ask because this might be my day where the prince might drop a gold coin in my hand or in my bowl. And so as the prince approached him and he called out, the prince came by and, and here was his bowl. And the prince said, can I have some rice from your bowl? And he said, but I can't give you this rice. This is all I have. And he said, I'd like to have a few grains of your rice or some. And the beggar said, but you don't understand. This is how I, this is, this is how I live. This, I don't have, this is it. And so he, the prince once more insisted to the beggar, I'd like your rice. And so the, the, the beggar reluctantly took three grains of rice and put it in the hands of the prince. And to which the prince responded by moving back his robe and taking his money belt and taking three golden coins and putting it in the hand of the beggar. And as the prince departed, one could hear the beggar say, I wish I'd emptied my bowl in his hand. Not what if, but God, but God. Oh, give him one more hand clap. Go 